Greetings, football fans, and welcome to Season 2 of the CBFA Podcast. I'm your host, James Parks. Each week, I'll be joined by one or more of the field announcers to discuss all the action from Shouldice Park. It's the Calgary Bantam Football Association Podcast, and it starts now! Okay. Welcome to the CBFA Podcast. Uh, joining us again is Cole Fortner. How you doing, Cole? Uh, not too bad yourself. I'm doing pretty good. We're well, I got Friday off, so I'm looking forward to an early weekend. Nice. I have I have football. I have another football game on Thursday, actually. Mm-hmm. Not not CBFA football, just other other football, and it's kind of mind melting at the moment. <laughs> well, you can never have enough football. That is very true. Okay, so we uh, we had some interesting games. We capped off the season, and now uh, we've got the playoff seating all set. So let's get to it. You saw the first game, the Chiefs and Rebels. Yes. So I need. To, I haven't looked at the uh, league website yet and seen any of the playoff standings or anything. Um. I do know beforehand entering the game, the Chiefs were looking at clinching their first ever Div Two playoff spot if they won and if they got help from the Colts against the Lions. Now, I've been busy. I haven't checked on anything, so I don't know. This is what I've been told from prior. Um. We opened the game off with another um, kickoff return touchdown. So that's, wow. I think, our second in two weeks, if we if I haven't missed any from previous weeks. Um, don't usually get a whole lot of those, but we've had multiple to start the season this year. And I've missed them. I, uh, I haven't seen any. Oh, I've seen one kickoff return for a touchdown. In the games I've seen. But was it to start again? No. No, it was... Uh, I think it was to start the second half. Ah. Um, yeah, and that kind of just led to the very, very... Excuse me, very lopsidedness of the game that transpired between the Chiefs and the Rebels. Yeah, it started early. And... Yeah, it started early, and it really did not let up it was honestly it was 41 nothing at the end of the first quarter oh my goodness yeah and it just kind of i mean it it did ease off a bit the you know i think halftime it was either 52 or 58 nothing and so it did ease off a little bit but it still it was not yeah not a pretty sight if you're you know the rebels and unfortunately that's been kind of the issue all all season is just things just aren't really seeming yeah. to click all yeah. that well for that team. Yeah, I the games I, I watched the Rebels play, they, they had um a lot of difficulty tackling. Um there's a lot of tentative tackles and a lot of high tackles, not a lot of rap and grapple tackles. It's yeah. like they 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 weren't 
they weren't comfortable throwing their whole body into it. It's it's something you got to learn, and um, they're they're going to learn it eventually. Well, and that's one thing I was noticing too, is especially like third and fourth quarter of that game um, was you could tell that the players were getting defeated and they didn't really want to be on the field anymore because yeah, the and chiefs, that's... the chiefs really like they were passing the ball a little bit, but it was like very few and far between. Um, but even just running the ball up the field, you know, the running backs darting left, darting right, you know, cutting through, you know, five, six, seven, eight players picking up 20, 30, yards in a run yeah and and you can't tell them not to no right not not when the score is i mean not when the score is that lopsided but it's 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 unfortunate that the team is you know doing it over week week in week out yeah it's, it's unfortunate and um i know they've they've been learning a lot and i i really hope they are able to continue that and and keep learning and and i hope they don't give up um mm. we uh we need to see that that program start to uh, to thrive. Yeah, at least that's that's the desire we want to we want to see them, you know, involved and competing. Yeah, because they've had unfortunately they've had a lot of lot of lopsided scores this year. Yeah, but this was the first year after a lot of upheaval in that organization, and uh, you know they've they've survived it. And mm-hmm. next year, they're I I believe they're going to come back better. Yeah, one thing that they can hold um hold high on their on their heads is their results against the Raiders back in week two. Um, it was actually one of their better results of the year. They did lose forty one nothing, but it. Out of all of the games that they played, it was one of the closest score lines, anyway, that they had. Yeah, which is something to take away because you know with how good of a season the Raiders have had this year. Mm-hmm. Small, small things. Yeah, yeah. The, the every every victory matters, even if it's more moral victory only. During that game, we had the sound system starting to be installed. I don't know how far that got off. It actually got finished. Nice. We yeah. want to see it. And uh, it, they really did a, a bang-up job. Yeah. So you can actually hear the sound on the other side of the field now? I I didn't test that for myself. I don't know how far away it is or how, how, how much it is, but they do have three good speakers up there and... Uh, and it was sounding like a PA system should. So, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a good afternoon. Um, I'm not sure who who called the uh, the second game. Um, I think Dan actually Dan did, announcing that one. Dan ended up taking over. Uh, I ended up doing the first drive in that game because. Dan was on his way up, and then we realized that nobody was on the timer. Oh, no. So not sure where the timer went. Uh, so Dan quickly darted over there, because I was still able to stick around for a few minutes, and then 
So I did the first drive and then he came back over when somebody else came up. We radioed down, figured things out. That was our fire drill that I was referring to earlier. Right. Um, figured things out, got a timer, so then Dan came over and and we were fine. Right. So on. crises was averted. And uh, and then you you had to to get going, and the Hilltoppers took on the Eagles and uh, and managed to end their their four game losing streak and they, they defeated the Eagles twenty eight to twenty. So, um, actually, if you if you want to take this opportunity, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, on the website, if you hover over schedules, at the bottom there's a, a thing called news and notes. These were quick notes that I uh, jotted down, so you can see that. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a quick blurb. And then there's a, a link to the playoff schedule down below after uh, you see all the all the scores of the week. Getting really fancy with that. So, um, yeah, uh, in that game, the uh, Eagles uh, end up having uh, a first-round match against the Raiders. So that's going to be a, Ooh, that's a, tough a one tall for the order for the Eagles. Yeah. But uh, we'll see if they're... Uh, their defense is up to slowing down that Raiders offense. Then um, the next game was uh, Mavericks and Bulldogs. And we were, you know, we were expecting a Bulldogs victory and we were surprised the Mavericks were competing right from go. They, they scored first. Oh, actually, hang on. Let me, let me look at my notes before I go off, off, off the rails here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I just, I just want to let it stand that I said we are expecting a Bulldogs win, but yes. anything can happen. Yes, <laughs> and we would like anything to happen. So yeah, the, the Bulldogs scored early. Uh, they uh, they intercepted the ball and finished off a short drive with a five yard run by Jaden Rideout. Uh, then the Mavericks answered. The uh, the quarterback. Uh, Christopher Cox. Uh, he made a big run. Uh, he was caught at the two-yard line. This was the play of the game. He he took off running and he ran probably mm-hmm. ninety to ninety to ninety-five yards, and and the the bulldog player caught him at the two-yard line, and then wow. the bulldogs made a made a big defensive stand. And uh, and they they turned the ball over on downs, but then the Mavericks defense stood up tall and held them to where they were, and the Bulldogs ended up uh, sacrificing a safety to get out of the out of the their own end, and out, of, out of the shadows of their goalposts. That's right, and and that turned out to be the the difference in the ball game. Wow, that's that's rough. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was back and forth and, uh, um, Mavericks led 18, 16 and half. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a fantastic football game to watch. Really entertaining back and forth. It was, uh, I think there were, uh, three lead changes in the last minute, something like that. It was crazy. That's, that's an intense game. I yep. missed that one. Yeah, it was. It had a playoff atmosphere for sure. Reminded me of my game on 
would have been like my game on the Friday. I had a very yeah. back and forth game on Friday as well. Those are the best, aren't they? I mean, when your team comes out on top. <laughs> but just as a fan, you know, uh, yeah. I've I've come away from a lot of football games where my team didn't win. And I thought that was a fantastic football game. I, I would have liked a different result, but it was really entertaining football. Oh, 100%. I would I'd much, I'd much rather a back and forth game that you lose by two points or one point versus, you know, an absolute blowout. Yeah, yeah, that's not really fun for anyone except for the the scoring team. But um, so that Mavericks victory um, improved them to two five and one. Um. Who did they end up playing there? Oh, we'll go over all that afterwards, I guess. Uh, spoilers. Getting ahead of myself. Spoilers. Getting ahead of myself. So, yeah, the Wildcats uh, took on the Cowboys over at Field 8. And uh, the Cowboys um, Cowboys won 41-24. to 24. Uh, I wasn't able to get a, uh, a breakdown of exactly what happened there but it sounds like you know the cowboys were uh uh just usual usual uh strong side and um and the wildcats put up a fight probably gave the cowboys more of a fight than they've seen in in a number of weeks yeah so um three o'clock game at hellard was uh raiders versus stampeders and uh, the Raiders were able to keep their perfect record, uh, winning the game 32-3. to It was a pretty dominant Raiders performance. They, they were, um, yeah, they didn't allow a, a first down uh, by the Stamps, I think, until the third quarter. Wow, that um, is dominant. Other than by penalty, I think they might have got a couple of first downs on penalties, but the the first one they actually um, earned earned, yeah. And, and they wow. uh, and then and then you know they were they were having to go for it on third down to make those first downs when they were making them in the second half, but they were able to get themselves into field goal position and, and boot one through the uprights. So, uh, full measure on them for for getting. You know that much on a, a a really a dominant Raiders side, and then the final game over at Field Eight. Uh, I did talk to Dave Weber about this one. Um, he said that the, uh, the uh, although the Colts won twenty eight to two, um, he said that this was a lot closer game than the score indicated. Uh, the Lions were. Uh, very close to uh, scoring touchdowns, like first and goal on several occasions and either uh, fumbled it away or interception or or something. They turned the ball over, maybe, you know, come up short on downs when they're, when they're trying for it. Uh, and all they managed were, uh, um, you know, couple of points against uh, a Colts team that that was really opportunistic and uh you know made uh I think they made a return touchdown um 
I think they had an interception return touchdown, he said. So, uh, again, you know, that was, uh, it was a, a close, a close and, and, you know, tight fought game. But, uh, but the Colts come out on top 28 to two, which does. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen much to the Lions this year, but I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, them and the Colts have had a lot of close games. They have. That, you know, the a lot of them have, a lot of them they a haven't necessarily, and a lot of them they haven't necessarily, you know, gone their way for both teams. But I feel like for the most part, both have been in it for yeah. the majority. As well yeah. as the Stampeders, if I'm not mistaken. So we were talking last week about the, uh, how the, the seedings work. So, um, the, the final seedings one through 12 are, uh, are Raiders, then the Cowboys, then the Bulldogs, Wildcats, Colts, Hilltoppers, Chiefs, Chiefs at seven, Colts at five. Um, and then the Eagles. So the Div one, two, matchups are as follows uh four versus five is the colts versus the wildcats that's 9 a.m at hellard field it's our opening game of the day and then uh seven versus is that seven versus two seven oh seven versus two is it one o'clock the 11 o'clock game hilltoppers bulldogs hilltoppers bulldogs yes Six and three. Six and three. So, um, yeah, Hilltoppers take on the Bulldogs at 11. And then uh, seven versus two, Chiefs and Cowboys. And then eight versus one, Raiders-Eagles. Uh, so th- those are all Div 1-2 games being played at Hellard Field. And then uh, in the Div 3 matchups, uh, one o'clock, it's the uh, 11 Lions versus the 10 Mavericks. And then at 3 o'clock, the, uh, the number 12 Rebels versus the number 9 Stampeders. So I, I think I saw the, the Rebels-Stamps game during the season. And, uh, it, was a, it was a tight matchup. I think th- these are all going to be really, really good matches, good games. Well, we always we always hope for um, close battles between all of the teams. Um, I mean, we can we can honestly just take a look back at uh, everyone's everyone's played everyone, right? Yeah, or no? Everyone. Um, yeah, everyone. Everyone plays everyone once, right? Or my no, no, no. Okay. Some teams don't don't play during the regular season. Can yeah. we check? Do we have any of these matchups? So know. Wildcats and Colts met in week four. Wildcats won that one 16 to 12. Uh, it was at Hillard Field. Uh, Hilltoppers Bulldogs, did they play? As research, we probably should have done ahead of time. Pub quiz. Bulldogs and Hilltoppers have not played this year. Chiefs, Cowboys, I don't think we've had one of those. No, we did not have Chiefs Cowboys either, so that's two new matchups. 
Eagles Raiders is a new matchup. Lions and Mavericks played week one. Lions won that game 16 to uh, 16 to 8. That was the remake matchup that I ended up not seeing. That's right. It was 8 nothing at the half. And then a quick second half on the Monday night. They each they each managed a touchdown, but that was the that was the final. And then the Rebel Stamps was just a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was sixty to eight for the Stampeders over the Rebels in Week Six. Wow, I, I my memory is not very good. I thought that was closer. So we have three three new matchups, three repeat matchups. So three teams have already met each other. And the and the two games that we two of the three games that we've had previously that have that have met have been have been close. Yeah. So that's that is good for, for possibly you know anticipating what what games we might get on on the weekend. Yeah. Good for the fans too. Exciting football. Yes. Play, playoff football. And then yeah, then we have three new matchups to get all excited for. And now um, we've also got a uh, a fifty fifty and a bottle drive going this Saturday. So beat me to it. I was just getting bring that. your bottles and uh, and uh, if you're not on the board or in the board's family, <laughs> buy a fifty fifty ticket and um, support the selects. This is uh, yeah. turn of the selects this year. They're going down to Vegas All Star competition. I want to say. Yep. Um, so you select athletes from from each team. So it's a. You know, unfortunately, yeah. due to inflation and everything, prices goes up. And right, yeah, it's not just the flights; it's the hotels and it's yeah. the meals and yeah, it it's not cheap. And uh, every little bit that we can, the league can do to get some some help on that, you know, benefits everyone all around long term. Absolutely. And this is, you know, uh, already known as one of the best programs in the country. So uh, we want to support them as much as we can. Yeah, not to mention just also, you know, what an opportunity it is for, for those athletes as well. That's right. So um, coming up uh, right after the podcast stay tuned for a uh, brief interview with colts coach al Wareman. joining us today is uh colts head coach colts head coach al Wareman. hi al how you doing today i'm doing great james thanks welcome to the cbfa podcast it's great to have you yeah great thanks it's great to be here so um the colts uh, just finished the regular season as as we all did in the CBFA this past weekend. Uh, you guys had a really strong second half of the season, and uh, it set up a rematch against the the Wildcats this Saturday in the first round of the playoffs. Um, what would a, a playoff victory mean for this Colts team? Um, well, you know what? I think we we all go in with the objective of um, getting to the playoffs and and winning and just going as far as we can. Um, yeah, like you alluded to earlier, the start of the season, 
Um, I, there's some really good teams. Um, you never know from year to year what it's going to be like, but I know looking at the schedule, um, the first half of the season was going to be a, a gauntlet of some tough teams in the South. So um, was hoping to do a little better than one and three in the first half, but um, the objective was reset and see if we can go three and one. And, and we did that and got to four and four. So um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I guess basically the team, uh, my son played several years ago, and I think it's been a good six years since um, the Colts have had a season like this. And sure, COVID interrupted some things, but it's it's part of a, a little bit of a rebuild. We've got a fairly small geographical territory with, with regards to um, other clubs in the city. And I, I think going as far as we can in the playoffs would be just a, a boost to um, – somewhat of a rebuild, so to speak. Excellent. Get, uh, get some of those recruiting numbers up if you can. Um, how, how's your, uh, I'm not sure if you're privy to the information, but just out of curiosity, how's your, um, Adam or, or Wee programs going? Are you seeing any, uh, any uncut gems coming through? Um, yeah, you know what? I, I know there's a few, um, I think we've done a pretty good job the last couple of years. Uh, the board of the South Calgary Colts of really trying to do some things in recruiting. And I know, um, hey, the Pee Wee program has, has done a great job. Some really dedicated coaches there. Um, and, you know, they've had some success. And I think that draws um, more kids out interested in football. But I think a lot of uh, all of us trying to promote the game and, promote the Colts has gotten some kids out, but um, no, there's, there's some size. There's a couple linemen down uh, from Peewee that will move up. I think there's somewhere around 25 um, current Peewee players that are um, in their final year of Peewee or second year of Peewee that would move up. And uh, I know there's some skill players, uh, some running backs and receivers that um, <laughs> I, I saw in some off season camps that they were participating in that, uh, look pretty skilled and actually thought one of them might be a first year bantam. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, as, uh, as you're also aware, our uh, selects program is, is getting underway. Um, which, uh, which Colts players have been invited to the tryouts? Um, you know what? Offhand, uh, it got got a few good players and you know what I, I we had two last year um in our final stretch run at defensive end and um actually we had kind of the hopes of all four coming back one one of the of our front four of our starting front four linemen but basically both defensive ends um Britton Bernand who is about six foot 185 pounds um was really a one hard worker and one of our team captains and, and technique wise and uh, effort wise thought he would definitely be challenging for a spot there and an invite, which he got Isaac Brisson, who is six foot four to 20 played some Bantam bowl last year, thought he would. And he did as well. Um, Lincoln Peterson, who's a safety for us and uh, kick returner and all around great athlete with a tremendous amount of speed. Um, he got an invite and then 
on the offensive side, Oliver Smith, who's kind of our uh, running back that carries the mail a lot when we get to, we get a chance to get going, uh, was invited with this previous game. I don't know the yardage, um, but I know he broke off. I think our first play from scrimmage that we got it was probably about an 80 yard touchdown and broke about two, three tackles. So um, he definitely was, was warranted of getting an invite and um, our quarterback, Nash Marzoff, who's grade eight, uh, was also invited. Nash has had a good year and, uh, and then a rookie offensive lineman that's his first year playing football, uh, Braden Cogden. But um, Braden's a hard worker, a tough kid, and being about six foot, 220 doesn't hurt. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you've, uh, I'm not sure what's in the water down there. You guys have some really large linemen. <laughs> you big, know what? big kids yeah yeah you know what you get a few uh you get a few coming through um you know there's we've got a defensive tackle it's his first year and um hey it's it's gonna take a while didn't expect him necessarily to get an invite per se but um he's like 5'11 225 so he's really an anchor down in the middle um i had a couple receivers that we thought might have got more but i know we probably didn't pass the ball as much um, through the middle part of the season where um, they would get that exposure, you know, like uh, get, get somebody in, in Andrew Hills, who's a second year receiver who runs some great routes, got great hands and um, participates in track and field. You know, he's got all the skills and abilities to just probably function of our offense, not doing what it did. That's um, yeah. That's unfortunate that, that uh, just the the style of play might uh, might affect who who gets an invite or who doesn't. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? It's great. Um, at the end of the day, um, I think you know everybody that got invited was definitely deserved. And you know, there's a lot of great footballs and uh, football players in the league, so can't have everybody go on. It is what it is. Um, but that's certainly yeah. true. Yeah. Um. Of your uh, of your first year players that uh, just made the 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 transition up from Pee Wee, um, which ones of those would you say have, have made the biggest improvements this season? Oh, you know what? It's it's tough. Um, it's tough to say because unfortunately, been bit by the injury bug a little bit, and then there's stuff coming and going. Um, you know, we've got a player who's actually never played football before this season. His name is Ashton Zulu. Um, really, really fast, uh, compact, kind of muscular uh, defensive back. He was a game star in one of our games. Um, you know, he didn't even come up from Pee Wee, but he's made tremendous strides. Um, you know, Nash Marzoff, who at quarterback is a grade eight, is um, going to be at select tryouts. Um, our offensive line, Quite honestly, I guess we got three of our offensive linemen came up from Pee Wee. So um, Bentley Lowe, who's our center, it's it's nice when you get a center and consistent snaps, who also long snaps. And, um, you know, he was working out in the offseason with uh, some of the, the training camps. It's good to see that him and Ethan Bodner will be back. Um, Oscar Guevara. So there's We've got four returning offensive linemen that are grade eights, which is really nice. We've got um, a couple linebackers, one 
that broke his finger after the first week and just spent six weeks out. So he's just getting back into things. But um, yeah, well, I think it's nice that I think we've got about 15 or 17 returning players for next year. Um, but yeah, like Chase, Chase Domus, uh, he really had a big game. Oh, I think it was the Stampeders game was really all over the place tackling. And um, likewise, uh, the Hilltoppers, he made some great plays in space. He's, <clears throat> he's physical enough to tackle, but he's a lacrosse kid that um, really knows how to run and chase people down. That's awesome. Um, how about you? How long have you been coaching and have you coached at other levels? Yeah, you know, um, I started off, I grew up in, in Thunder Bay, Ontario, lived a little bit in Southern Ontario. Um, when I graduated university, my old high school coach asked me to come coach offensive line and defensive line for him. So that was in the early 1990s. Um, and then I went through getting my um, national coaching certification and football um, certification. So I could say I've got my NCCP level one. I think that was 95, 96. So I coached a little high school in Thunder Bay and we moved out here. It just happened to be, um, we, we settled in Cedar Bray, which happened to be 300 yards from where the Bantam Bulldogs used to um, practice. So I spent four or five years, maybe six, coaching under Art Marsh there, um, the Bantam Bulldogs, and any longtime <laughs> fans or football aficionados will know of, of Art and the Bulldogs in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Absolutely. Yeah. And then after that, you know, when my son started, uh, he got into Adam football. I, I kind of quit with the Bulldogs just to be uh, a parent, and that's all I really needed to be. But when he got back involved in playing football, when he was an Adam football player, is when I kind of got back into the fray. So I've kind of been coaching Adam, Pee Wee, Bantam, and um, I've been coaching with the midget. Uh, well, now we call it spring Colts for about the last four seasons under uh, Biagio and Nazi. So yeah, I spent a little, little bit of time coaching here and there. Fantastic. And uh, finally, is, is there anything you would like to uh, say about the, the Colts or, or the CBFA? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Colts, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy, uh, I know some people are making a little bit out of things of, Hey, great. Nice, nice forward progress from last year and the previous years. Um, and, and that's really, um, appreciative, but, you know, I think, um, I just want to give a shout out to some coaches I've got. Um, I think I'm fortunate to have a great coaching staff around me. Um, some guys like Greg Bates and Cody DeMann and, uh, Murray DeRoger has been receivers with, with us for about three, four years. Um, and, and CJ Billington, you know, every year we get football players in or we get athletes in and you're kind of under the gun in the next three weeks to turn them into uh, somewhat of a serviceable football player to get on the field for our, our first uh, season games. And those guys do a great job um, of doing that. And I think that's been a key point in some of the success going forward. Um, and, and also, you know what, Hey, the peers within the group, uh, got a little, like you mentioned before, we got to match up with, uh, 
Greg Wilson and the Wildcats. Coach Wilson was very gracious when I came on as a head coach and, and helping me out and giving me a little bit of direction. Um, so I think it's, it's friendly competition, but it's always competition and look forward to it this weekend. Um, but no, the CPFA, uh, CBFA, um, such a long-standing tradition of football in Western Canada. Um, proud to be a part of it and um, yeah, proud to have some input on some things that I think we can do to improve going forward. You know, they've got a, a great history there, but um, we always teach the kids, you're, you're never just as good as you are. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. So um, I think us as coaches and um, administrators and the league and organization have to kind of live by that same motto of kind of continue of um, looking for ways to improve and getting better. So look forward to that and really um, happy to be part of it. Absolutely. Uh, we're always, we're always looking to better ourselves and, and by extension, those around us. Yeah. And you know what? Um, this very podcast, I think uh, is, is somewhat of an indication of that. And uh, I noticed, I think it was last week, um, the website was updated, the CBFA website to a newer format, which seems to run faster. Um, I know that we talked about in the off season of upgrading shoulder pads, because I think there's quite a bit of shoulder pads in the CBFA inventory that have been around for a while. So, um, and you know, game film that we use to, to study and coach up the kids, um, I know we've made steps in the past two, three years with all of those areas. So I just hope we continue to keep doing that. Right on. I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> well, thanks very much for, for joining me today. And uh, I look forward to watching uh, the Colts in the playoffs and good luck and hope you guys go far. Thanks James. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's the plan. So we're, we're, Happy with what we've done so far, but uh, we're not finished by any means. Fantastic. The CBFA podcast is brought to you by longtime players of the game sponsor, Wolf Cadillac Calgary. Check out their selection of new and used vehicles online at www.wolfcadillaccalgary.com or in person at 1720 Barlow Trail Southwest. And game day wouldn't be the same if not for super fan snacks. They're located near the plaza area of Shouldice Park. Superfan Snacks proudly supports minor football at every level. Find them on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Listening.